0: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 112. I'm your host, Carter E. Joined, as always, by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill, Jr. of instimage.com. Jeff, another week in the books, another week coming up, halfway through uh, the high school winter sports season, if you will. Uh, how you feeling about things so far? Winter sports. I don't know if it's the same number of weeks, but
1: it always seems to go, like, just snap and it's gone it really does we're halfway through and it's just getting into january it's like wait 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 of course that just means
0: we're gonna get to freeze during baseball and softball season (laughs) yeah that is is typically how it goes uh we got some basketball stuff to talk about obviously with uh the rivalry between carson and douglas i will talk a little nfl at the end and then uh but we're gonna start with wrestling where we had a little unique twist this weekend. Um, As far as Jeff and I were talking pre-podcast, Jeff is not aware that this happened yet, so you'll get kind of a a live reaction here from from Jeff. I'm curious to see how you take it. Uh, We had the King Duels this weekend at Reed High School. Carson High beat Pershing County, beat South Tahoe, and then beat McQueen in the semifinals to make the finals. They went 3-0. But don't look now, Jeff. Douglas went 3-0 as well. They took down Coral Academy, Galena, and then Reed in the semifinals. So we had a Carson-Douglas matchup in the King Duels finals. Well, both coaches came together and agreed that they weren't going to wrestle for that finals. They're going to save it for when Carson-Douglas and meet. In their annual league duel, January thirty first
1: at Carson.
0: At Carson. So there's going to be some added added implications, added stakes for uh for that league duel. Not that there weren't weren't already, but I think it shows you kind of where the two programs are at, and uh, they might be sitting right up there at the at the top of things. And it's going to make that January thirty first meeting even more uh, exciting. I think. What do you, What do wow. you think about that? So,
1: so they went to a tournament.
0: Mm-hmm. They were at Reed, yeah, and they.
1: Did, and the, the tournament people were okay with this? I guess so.
0: I guess so. Wow. You know, there was, for just a moment, there was a small part of me was like, why why wouldn't you just take the the chance to see what each other have? But then I realized, with the upcoming tournaments, they're going to see all these, like, there's the Steve Deaton Memorial Tournament down in Douglas this coming weekend, this coming Saturday, so they're going to see all those Carson kids, and there's yeah. a very good chance they'll run into them, and I believe they there's might be another place where they line up in the same place again so it's it's not like they won't see each other and it's not like they're not familiar with each other already as we know from talking to both teams um but we got we got them to talk a little a little a little smack to each other but i think (laughs) i think they both just both teams just added added a little extra prize into the mix there not only will you get to say you beat your rival you get to say you uh won the king duels as well yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that that will make that evening more interesting. More hopefully
0: get more people out. Yeah, that's exactly what what head coach Nick Redwine said they were trying to get to is they're trying to trying to build some anticipation and hopefully we can help uh facilitate that here on our end cuz that is not something I think I've ever seen before in my 7-8 years covering high school sports professionally and um you know, I I like it. I I'm I'm on board. I think i think it's a it's a good call i add some add some more stakes i don't think it necessarily needed more stakes but but hey i mean you you take them if you can get them and you know i'm not sure say one team beats the other i'm not sure they're going to instantly come running off the mat saying we won the king duels (laughs) but uh i i do i do really like the the thought to build up this this carson douglas meeting it's been it's been a big year of of Carson Douglas rivalry as it, as it is, not that any year is necessarily a, a lesser year, but just with some some anniversaries and, and all that, I I just thought uh thought it was a unique way to do it and and yeah, if you if you go look at the bracket, there's no first place winner for the King Duels. It's it says Carson and Douglas there, and there's just no result because wow. they they opted to not opted to not play or face each
1: other. I see them on Thursday for team photos. I'm gonna have to get some more scoop from them.
0: Very cool. Wow. So that was a little unique. Uh, I will run through a little bit of some of those uh, individual results here in just a second. But, yeah, I had to, had to get Jeff's reaction to that live. I was curious to see how you took it because I, I, for a second, was like, what? Like, I had to make sure I read it right when I, when I first heard about it. I don't, I don't think, like he said, I don't think I've
1: ever, honestly, this is the first year. I think there's been some weight classes that there were competition between Carson and Douglas. But this is the first year that team-wise— it was so close. So that, that I was already getting excited about that one it coming up because there's nothing else that night. The gym is a great place for wrestling and if, if people haven't been before, it's it's worth coming out and watching. It's
0: an impressive sport. And they're gonna put them onto the spotlight, so it's gonna be yeah, like gonna be that, that middleman. Well you don't like it for photos. Just of photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with atmosphere or Ron and or I will look. be the only It'll two be... there that will care. <laughs> Otherwise it looks awesome. It, it does, it really does. I think it's it's a very unique um, approach to to a high school sport. You just don't see a lot of spotlights in, yeah. in high school sports. And yeah. uh, I think that's that's really cool. I know the kids the kids really enjoy it as well. Um, so January 31st at Carson, Carson Douglas Wrestling will meet for not only what could be a very important uh, league duel in and of itself, and probably was to begin with, but now for a another title on top of that as well, with the uh, winner take can claim they won the King Duels of 2024 as well. There you go. All right, so let's see. We'll run quickly through some of these results here from uh, Douglas, and then I'll switch over to Carson. Obviously, you can find these all in the... Newspaper as well coming up this weekend. Uh, Ella Cavanaugh went 3-0. and She had a, a buy in her first one against Coral Academy and then bounced back with a forfeit win and a win by fall. At 150 pounds, Colton Zinn went 3-0 and with uh, three wins by pin. Sage 80 went 3-0 and as well. And then we had a couple other forfeits in here, which is uh, kind of messing me up a little bit. But nonetheless, it was a, a good result for Douglas. And obviously a 42-36 win over Reed. You start to kind of see what that uh, their regional meet may look like and um, who they may see there. They got a lot of early pins. Paul Carrion at 165 had a pin in 57 seconds. Gunnar Bleeker had a pin in 24 seconds at 113 pounds. Cody Highfill had a pin in in 31 seconds uh, there. So some good results for Douglas. And again, we'll see, uh, we'll see, I guess who the, the real champ is on, on January 31st over on Carson. Dominic Porter continues to have a, a really solid season. He went two and one uh, from what I'm looking at here with two wins by pin and then a loss by decision. Uh, Kiona bossa bounced back from a, his tournament win going with, Three wins of his own as well. Lucas Wold was 3-0 with a pin in 19 seconds, a pin in 24 seconds, and a tech fall win, 15-0. So he had quite the day there. And obviously, like I said just a minute ago, they beat McQueen 44-33, so kind of another look at, at those league matchups and who might be able to take there. J.T. Heaton won at 175 pounds in two and a half minutes. Isaiah Oliva at 190 one by pin in 222 as well. So good stuff there. Um, again, be sure to uh, just show up January 31st at Carson for that Carson Douglas duel. I'm sure it's not the last you'll hear about it from us, but I thought it was a very unique approach and um, you know, I'm all for that. I'm all for taking unique ways to find uh, ways to draw some interest. I think, I think that's cool and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, I- Every time I go to wrestling matches, it's always so fascinating to watch. It's so hard. I yeah, mean, you're out there with somebody that's so similarly, and unless they don't have the same skill. But now we're talking about the varsity wrestler against the varsity wrestler, and they're pretty similar. So it's it's a duel, and it it's hard not to get excited about it watching it. It's funny how
0: you can have so much respect for a sport and also at the same time without any hesitation be like that's not for me yeah no way no way well not growing up
1: my dad he wrestled so you know i get into high school and i'm like there's no way there's just absolutely no way and they're, they're all like well you guys run a lot in soccer I'll mm-hmm. run all, the, all day long. There's no way i will do that.
0: Yeah, I'll chase the ball all day long. Yeah. I, I prefer not to get thrown around. Though. Uh, yeah. so, that's that's uh, yeah. So, anyways, hopping over to the basketball side of things, where Douglas just dominated both both ends of the rivalry game this past Friday, Jeff, you and I were both there on the, the girl side, Douglas won 57 to 16. And then the boy side, Douglas won 72, 37. Going to start on the girl side where, I mean, I've, I've said this before and uh, imagine I will say it again, but it is just, you watch that Douglas girls basketball team and they're so selfless. Like just, I mean, I was talking to Ashlyn Greenfield and McKenzie Maine after the game and, it's been kind of a theme for the last couple of years, but this team has been together since elementary school. All these, these girls know, have known each other forever. Uh, they, they don't mind sharing the ball. They don't mind doing, you know, a whole line change where five new players come on five, go off and they don't mind not, you know, nobody minds not having 15 or 20 points. They're more than fine with having eight different players have eight and, uh, 64 points is gonna gonna win you a lot. Not that they're averaging 64 points, but my point being is that anybody on that team can can have a decent night, and uh, there's plenty of supplemental players to to add to that, and they got a lot of players that are good at a lot of different things. you know, you got Haley Coons and Talia Trenton. Logan uh, Karwoski just battling for boards on the inside. You got some great guard play between McKenzie, Maine, Sky Rasmussen, Zora Simpson out wide. I mean, they're all all deadly. Ashlyn Greenfield, Aaliyah Weaver. I mean, I believe that's seven or eight names right there. And I know I'm just forgetting some because I'm not staring at a roster, but it's it's still impressive to watch them work. And uh, there's a reason why they're sitting as the second best team in the north right now through. Through eight games, and uh, they'll get a second crack at Minogue uh, here coming up in just a little bit. But uh, Douglas seems kind of poised to to hold on to that top two seed and potentially have uh, home court advantage throughout the postseason until you get to that, that regional final. Yeah, the thing I noticed with them is I don't think they started
1: as fast as they— and it's not that they weren't trying. It's that the ball the baskets weren't falling— and they just kept working and working and working and working, and then it started to click, and then the floodgates opened, and and you know, we opened up the score. And uh, but they just kept going, kept everybody on the floor. You know, a new group comes in, keep working hard. And it wasn't that the prior group wasn't working hard; it just wasn't working sometimes. They were throwing them up there, and they weren't going down. So, which I mean, you get that in rivalry rivalry games. Uh, figuring out the net for for figuring out the hoop and figuring out the spacing and the visualization of the basket, so it's because it's very different at Carson than it is at Douglas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, they were they got they got rolling and it was impressive
0: to watch. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that the girls said the same thing post game. They said, you know, sometimes we don't get off to the quickest start, but once they once they kind of find the rhythm, it's it's tends to be over yeah. pretty fast, and they tend to put together scoring runs that just you know unless you're You've got an, a, an offense that's capable of doing the same, which not a lot of teams do around here. Well, and, and, and like you said, it, it the baskets
1: came from everywhere. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know, an inside shot. It was an outside shot. It was a three-pointer. It was an inside shot. It was a layup. It was all kinds of different stuff. And you have to have a full-rounded game to be able to play defense against that.
0: Yeah, and it's not like you can double one player and take away one player and you know, you've know you limited them on offense, which – because They've got seven, eight, nine other players they can go to. You can sit in a zone, but they'll they'll shoot you out of his own defense for sure. They yeah. have no problem stepping out on the wing and, and knocking down shots there. They've got a number a number of girls who can do that, and um, yeah, they're just just an impressive team to watch. I will I will say for Carson's sake, uh, Dahlia Keating seems to be having uh, a nice little stretch run here. She's I believe scored double digits in three in her last three games as well. So. So a bit of a, a bright spot there for Carson as they are still kind of figuring things out. I know from talking to interim coach Nate Tolbert, they're they're adjusting lineups, they're they're figuring out some you know some just team stuff. They gotta just work on work on that, and they knew that. I don't think I'm saying breaking any news to anybody there, and um, it's they're seeing what what it's like when you don't start necessarily the same kids you normally would, and um, as as Tolbert said. Post game, he said, "You'd love to have five Dahlia's." She she doesn't say much. She's she's on the quieter side, but but she hustles and um, oh, always working hard. Mm-hmm. And is has shown that she's capable of of scoring in bunches, um, which is which is something that the Senators need when they can get it. Um, over to the boys' side of things, where like we said, Douglas just pulled away from Carson, seventy two thirty seven Tigers on the boys' side. Carson led 10-6 in the first quarter. looked like it it might be competitive, and it wasn't from there. As Douglas went on a 30-5 run into the first half up 36-15, I believe. Uh, put it up 21 and then just continued to kind of stretch that run from there. Not what I expected to see from Carson. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I expect that game to be a, a little closer, um, but I was... Talking with uh, Werner Christian before the game and we were just kind of going over the recent trends and man Douglas's basketball has really started to own this rivalry in the last 15 years or so on the boys side. I believe it's now 26 11 Douglas over their last 37 meetings since 2005. Um, The Douglas girls have won eight of 11 in the last four and a half, five years. Um, you've you've spoken to it a lot with with leadership i think it's still something carson's looking for it certainly wasn't super present on on friday when when things started getting tough it didn't look like this the senators really wanted to to respond to that and and that's something that you know a, a team that's growing is got to figure out that's that's growing pains and you know unfortunately you're figuring it out at the halfway point of the league season but at least it's better than at the end of the league season, so you got a whole another run through to get that that first league win. But the 4A North on the boys side is is tough. There's a lot of a lot of teams that are also trying to figure it out and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna hand a win to Carson because every win's gonna be important for everybody else. I mean demonte Ranch and Reno are sitting at the top at eight-no and seven and one. But then you have Spanish Springs at five and three, Douglas and Minogue at four and four, and Reed and Galena at three and five. So between the three seed and the seven seed, they're separated by two games. Like it's, it's any, anybody's guess as to how that shakes out. You could be, you could be having a, a home game in the first round, or you could be on the road at Reno or Demoni, and that's not what you want in the first round of league if you want to make a, a run to state. I imagine you want to avoid those top teams and. Uh, that Damani offense as 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 long as you can because man the the Mustangs have had some some close games this year but they've pulled everyone out and it hasn't they they look as as legit as as uh, any team I've seen up here so we'll see how how that one shakes out but yeah really curious to see how how Carson can battle through these last uh eight games of the league season because not really sure we saw that Friday night, which is a little disappointing. Not trying to single anybody out, but just as a, as a team, you mentioned that that leadership aspect, and I think that's something they're they're still really looking for, and so we'll see see how that goes. on On the Douglas side of things, I mean that's a that's a confident bunch. Forget what the overall record says; they're now sitting at four and four in league play. Like I said, tied for uh, fourth with Minogue, but they do have a win over Bishop Minogue, so they have that tiebreaker if the season were to end today, which obviously it, it does not. But talked to Reese Torres afterwards, Talked to Jeremiah Pitts after that game. Uh, they pretty much said they knew they were going to win. They knew they were going to come into that at gym and win. It's funny. I, I still remember the quote from from Casey Boggs a couple years ago where he said, this is our gym now. And uh, I'm not sure Douglas has lost in that gym since. So he may he may still be lingering just in the in the atmosphere up in yeah. the up in the air. Um, they were fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They, and the, the
1: speed that they play is, yeah. is fun because I, you know, I sit at the at one end and then I can just I get to see everything happen down at the other end and the speed that they move the ball, uh that that in a lot of instances got them a semi-open basket.
0: Yeah, they love to get out and go and transition. They big big fans of. I think this sounds worse than it is, but they do like to gamble on defense where they're gonna come out and try to take a steal and run out and in transition the other way and get a get a breakaway dunk which we saw quite a few of Especially uh on the friday half. night jet layman threw one down trace estes threw one down reese torres threw one down uh, if i'm forgetting anybody my apologies but all in front of the douglas mm-hmm. fans yeah yeah it's uh th- that's a that's a group again you know their overall record says five and thirteen but um, you look at some of the wins they've been able to pull out. They've already beaten Spanish Springs. They've already beaten Minogue. So they've beaten two of the two of the top teams. They they had a shot at, at Damani. They ended up losing by eleven, I think. But that game was close coming down the stretch. And then you got you know a loss to Galena and a loss to McQueen, who are sitting in seven and eight. So yeah. we'll see which way they swing. But um, it certainly feels like a team that's gonna that's gonna swing towards the positive instead of uh, the negative regression. So. Uh, I'm curious to see that. Not that our stat leaders are real complete, so I won't harp on this for too long because uh, not everybody puts in stats on the max preps. I don't know if you've heard me complain about that before. Uh, Jeremiah Pitts, I believe, is now first in the 4A North in three-pointers made. He hit five against Carson. I believe he's got 44 on the season, so he's a shooter on the outside that they definitely got to watch out for. I'm still personally just love watching Caden thacker get downhill um you know at his size he's he's given up size for sure but that hasn't seemed to bother him ever so uh, his ability to to drive and kick or to you know use a euro step to get around a defender and just make it look easy is is always impressive and then yeah you got your your high flyers and, and jet lehman um trace estes kyle coons will battle on the inside as well and uh, you know they've got they got some pieces there. They're figuring out there, and then even got some some role players that have have stepped in big time in some of these these other games. So we shall see how this goes through the second half of the league season. I'm I'm very curious to see where these standings end up. And uh, those Tiger Boys think they can they can take third. So that'd be that'd be big. That would give them at least one home game, if not two. So yeah, that's I think going to do it for our high school hoops action i'm just gonna quickly touch on some nfl playoff stuff and then we'll get out of here man but what a snooze fest of a, a wild card <laughs> weekend my goodness so i didn't miss
1: anything you didn't not miss watching?
0: anything um rams lions was a one point game i think that was kind of the game any you know anybody who had watched the nfl much this year had circled um and then your margins victory outside of that 2423 game remember margins victory so uh Not points this no, is margin. margins of so victory difference between the two teams 31 19 16 14 and 23 in the playoffs so in other words we had five blowouts we had one close game and we had five blowouts in the first round of the playoffs um look they added they added an extra team into the playoffs a couple years ago it's obviously a money grab it's a chance to get one more game on TV one more chance to fill up another stadium. One more chance to sell as many commercials as possible. Doesn't make for better football, though. And uh, you're you're seeing that. Uh, I'm not saying next weekend is going to be bad, but when you put some of these uncompetitive teams in the postseason, yeah, I mean the Eagles. The Eagles are my prime example. They were going to make it anyways as the five seed. They were eleven and six, but man, you want to talk about a team that quit? I. mean... <laughs> I I won't name him, but I have a very, very good friend who, right before the Eagles played the Niners, said, if the Eagles don't win the Super Bowl, what are we doing? And the Eagles went one and six after he said that and have now <laughs> been eliminated. Next year. Uh, so, yeah, they the Eagles were not good down the stretch, and I'm curious to see how that coaching staff uh, looks next season, because they will not return with the same coaches they have there i don't i don't know about head coach but uh, i can almost guarantee you that their defensive coordinator is gone and amongst amongst probably a few others cowboys took down the or excuse me the packers took down the cowboys which uh <laughs> i mean yeah that was that was i mean it was a blah to be fair nobody sucked i don't think it ne- Many people saw coming. The Cowboys are notorious for faltering in the playoffs, and I Historically. believe I believe are now the first team in NFL history to win twelve games in three straight seasons and not make the conference championship game. So, congrats, Dallas. um <laughs> Playing playing for the bottom, not for the top. That's that's a an interesting strategy. But man, I, Jeff, I know you're not the biggest football guy, but are the Packers about to have their third straight franchise quarterback? I mean, they're going to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. They're I just... gotta be
1: honest with you. I oh, I pulled up. My dad and I were talking about it. I was at his house on Sunday, and I I pulled up the picture. I'm like,
0: I don't even know who that guy is. So, who knows? Tell me the last pro football player you heard that came out of Utah State. I mean, I'm sure there's some. You know, more like on the line or, you know, I some, some role-player guys. He'd, he'd but, be able to feed me some good <laughs> data. Yeah, it's a, a very interesting school for, for him to come out of. But, man, he looks he looks good, and I'm, sh- I'm sure it's more credit to the Packers than anything else, but it, it does start to kind of make you wonder if you're better off drafting a quarterback and letting them sit for a couple years. But then you look at, let's say, the Texans, the Texans who were bad last year, got the number two pick, used on a quarterback, threw him into the fire right away and now the texans are into the divisional round of the playoffs um with first year head coach D'Amico ryan's and that is an impressive story he probably should win coach of the year um last i checked the vegas books that stefanski of the browns was the favorite to win coach of the year but i would say it's between those two for sure how does that work with
1: with the nfl and and
0: coach of the year does it you know, a rookie coach wins a Super Bowl. Obviously, you know that that that's pretty simple. But. Well, and the the tricky part is, is, I believe it's a regular season award. I don't believe oh. the postseason factors into it at all. I believe the voting is done by the end of the postseason or by the end of the regular season, and then it's not announced until gotcha. late in the postseason or after the postseason. So, yeah, it'd be be interesting to see that. Um, also, the Browns did beat the Texans in their one regular season matchup, so I'm wondering if how much weight that carries, but. I guess I'm not terribly concerned with who's the coach of the year in the NFL is, but it is it is fascinating, and um, the Texans have been a, a really cool story to watch this season, and have found a way to turn a franchise around that has been pretty abysmal in the last uh, decade or so. So, I think that's all we got on the podcast this week. So, thank you to Jeff Bovahill of InstaImage.com for. Producing this episode, thank you to today's sponsor. That is Play Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at ww.playedagainstports.com. And we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy.